Welcome to New Hope and the teaching ministry of Pastor Randy Rainwater. You are my beloved son. With, with you, I am well pleased. Because of what Jesus does on the cross, that transfers to us. Do you get that? On this first Sunday of 2022, we're in a brand new series. Pastor Randy is teaching about walking our faith, changed by Jesus. Turn in your Bible now to the New Testament book of Luke. Here's Pastor Randy. Open your Bibles to um, the Gospel of Luke, the Gospel according to the physician, the fourth chapter. I'm gonna read an extended passage here today. I'm gonna kind of teach through this. You got a little chart in your, in your grace notes there that we're gonna fill out and then um, and we're gonna take a look back at a couple of other passages of scripture and how this works. Today, we're starting this new series, Changed by Jesus. If we're going to be, if we're gonna walk this faith, how is it that we walk this faith? I was, uh, years ago, I was coaching uh, basketball at Daryl Dawkins Boys Club, and, and then we, we moved, and, and I started coaching over at Sanford, um, at Sanford Boys Club. And I became friends with Andrew DeClerc. Andrew played in the NBA for 10 years and he, he played for the University of Florida years ago. And in between the draft and the end of school, Andrew, I, I said, Andrew, you should come hang out with, with my guys and play ball with us. He said, I'd, sure, I'd love to do that. So, so Andrew came over to the gym one day and we were, we were playing and, and, and I had to guard Andrew, all six foot nine of Andrew. Um, and Evan, come here really quick. Just let me just give him a quick picture. How tall are you, Evan? Six two, but with your hair. <laughs> just, just come on up here real quick, and I just want to give this visual picture. All right, so, so, all right, and it was really more like this. Okay, all right, all right, thanks, buddy. All right, Evan's at Grand Canyon University. We're so proud of him. So, um, so, so I was trying to guard Andrew. And Andrew was coming down and just shooting threes. Like, I mean, he played inside, but he was just shooting threes. I should have brought you up, Derek. All right, that's been better. All right. But, but I, but I, um, and, and I was coming down. Now, listen, I could shoot with Andrew all day long. I just couldn't make with Andrew all day long. And, and I was getting frustrated, you know, and I was like, oh, shucks, and everything. And Andrew comes over to me and he goes, Randy, don't be frustrated. You're not good enough to be frustrated. <laughs> And he go, I said, man, that was harsh. And he goes, listen, no, listen. He goes, he goes, look, I'm six foot nine. You're like five foot nine and maybe a little bit. He goes, he goes, I play basketball 40 hours a week. I have strength trainers and coaches, shooting coaches, and we watch video and, and all, all of these things. This is how I do what I do. He goes, how often do you play basketball? I'm like, maybe an hour a week. If you're doing this an hour a week, don't be frustrated that you're not growing. If, if this is the deepest thing that you do, if this is the sum of your walk with God, hey, we're glad you're here, we are. But, but don't be frustrated that you're not growing. Don't be frustrated. You, 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 can't, be, you can't be frustrated that, that you're not growing in the way that you want. Let's look at a couple passages of scripture. Luke chapter three, verse 21. And then we're gonna go to Luke four. Now, 
when all the people were baptized, I'm just gonna read through these and then I'm gonna teach through them. Now, when all the people were baptized and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, so Jesus is praying, the heavens were opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove and a voice came from heaven. You are, and you might wanna circle that you are. You're gonna see this in just a second. My beloved son, with you I am well pleased. And the nature of that of that verb there, that, that well-pleased, the, the nature of that is it's ongoing. It's, it's I was pleased, I am pleased, I'm going to be pleased. It doesn't mean I'm pleased right now. Now, Luke chapter four, verse one. Let's stand and read this, okay? And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness for 40 days being tempted by the devil and he ate nothing during those days. And when they were ended, he was hungry as anyone would be, by the way. The devil said to him, look at this, if you are, same words that we just heard the father saying to him, only this time it's a question. He said, Jesus, the father says to him, you are my son. What's the devil say? If you are the son of God, Mm, anybody ever heard that one? Command this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. And the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. This was like a, a montage, like from a Rocky movie. Um, only it was the, all the kingdoms of the world. And said to him, to you, I will give all this authority and their glory for it's been delivered to me and I'll give it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, it'll all be yours. And Jesus answered him, it is written. And by the way, if you get this verse down, the rest of them all come really easy. You shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. That's our memory verse for the week. I'd love for us to spend time at our tables, our kitchen tables going over this. Let's spend some time memorizing God's word. If you, when you know that, 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 you worship him only and him only you serve, everything else gets a whole lot less complicated. And he took him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down for him, for it's written, he'll command his angels concerning you to guard you. And on their hands, they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. After this, after this temptation, after the test and the temptation, and a report went out about him through all the surrounding country. This was a report, this was a test and a temptation. In a test, God is putting you into a situation to show that you're gonna get an A. Listen, we got a lot of educators in the room. I've seen a lot of them. Your, your goal isn't to get your kids to fail, is it, Scott? No, you want them to get A's. You want them to get A's. That's the goal, is that they get an A. The, so the report goes out, that's the A, uh, with, and it went out through the surrounding country, and he taught in the synagogues, being glorified by all. And may God bless the reading of his word. You can be seated. If you're gonna act like Jesus, you're gonna have to do the things that Jesus does. The first question here is WWJD, what would Jesus do? The first question here isn't what would Jesus do? The first question is who was Jesus' daddy? That's the WWJD. 
And, and the first thing that we see here back in 321 is that Jesus is praying. There, he's got this relationship with God and the heavens get opened up. Behavior follows our identity. It always does. Jesus acted out of his identity. I've already got two blanks filled in and people say there is no God. Uh, I got two blanks filled in already this morning. If you're going to know your identity, you have to know your maker. If you're gonna know your identity, you have to know your maker. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God, the word God there, Elohim, it's, it's, a, it's a singular use of a plural noun, Elohim, it created the heavens and the earth, Father, Son, and Spirit. John 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Without him, nothing was made that was made. He was in the beginning with God. It goes back and says it over and over again that there's relationship there, that, that we have been made. You're not some sort of cosmic accident. You have been made. You were knit together in your mother's womb. Wonderfully complex. He knew you before you breathed. He knew you. You are not an accident. And if you're here this morning and you're feeling less than that, know this, that you were made. You have a maker. Amen, church? If you go to the parts store and there's something wrong with your Ford and you go in, they're gonna say, what's the make and model? And if you say, I've got a Ford Accord, they're gonna say there's a problem here. You, you, can't, you have to know your maker. You have to know who it is that made you. You are a child of God. And if you're, and if you're trying to get life figured out through systems that are not God's systems, it's gonna be incredibly frustrating. You're gonna try to get parts for a Ford Accord. And while that rhymes, you cannot get a radiator pump for a Ford Accord. It does not exist. That, you, you can't fit those in. You've got to know who your maker is. This, this is our catechism question for this week. We're gonna be going through the Nicene Creed. And here's our first catechism question. Who is God and what did he make? And the answer, we believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth and all things visible and invisible. God put those together. And then the next thing that you see here in, Genesis, in Luke 3, sorry, we're gonna get to Genesis 3 in just a second. But in Luke 3 is you see the genealogy of Jesus. And here's what's an interesting thing. This genealogy in Luke is presented from Mary's perspective. Matthew, writing to a, a Jewish audience, writes from the perspective of Joseph, in terms of the angelic vision and in terms of the genealogy, Luke writes from Mary's perspective. So the, visit, the angel visits Mary and it's the genealogy of Mary's family. Jesus has both the, the, the parental aspect of being of the line of David and the blood aspect from Mary. There was no Joseph DNA in Jesus. It was all Mary. Chapter four, we're gonna fill in your chart here. This is about tempered and tempted. We're gonna face things in life. We're gonna have training. Training is what we do to get stronger. We grow in that. You're gonna have tests. Tests come along and, and tests show that we have learned things, we've grown in things. And there are times that we are gonna be put into situations and, and, and you're gonna be used and, it's, and it's, to some extent it's a test. Temptations is what the enemy puts in front of you and he wants you to fail. The enemy doesn't want you to pass those things. 
if, it, if you're in a situation and you realize that, that the goal of this isn't for you to grow, but it's, it's to cause you to fail, then you know this is something from the enemy. And that's what's going on right here. Jesus is being tempted. He spent time here. Now, here's the first thing that I wanna go through. I wanna fill in this little chart for you. The confirmation of God. This is, this is what we saw. Here's the first thing he's, is that you're heard. Jesus is praying and the heavens open. Here's the first thing. I know your needs. This is what God's saying to us today. I know your needs. I know that you've got needs. I hear those needs. Here's the second thing. It says that, that you are my beloved son. You are beloved. That's the second part of this. This is this confirmation of God. And here's the third thing. And with you, I am well pleased. Remember what I said about the verbs, the verb usage there. I'm well pleased. Maverick, he was pleased with you yesterday. He's pleased with you now. He'll be pleased with you forever. He, I am well pleased. He sees your life and he sees it in the totality. It isn't just, I'm happy with you right now. Maybe you grew up in a situation in which you, you, you always thought you were on trial. You, you didn't know from moment to moment. Maybe you've got a boss like that. Maybe you've got, maybe you've got, people in your life like that. That's not the way God is. He says with, with, with Jesus, he says he's well pleased. It's an ongoing action. It's a, it's a past action, a current action, and a future action. But look at what the devil comes and he tempts him. And he tempts him in three ways. Here's the first one. The natural need. The natural need. What's the first temptation? What's he, what's he say? What, it, if, what, what was Jesus' need? Anybody in the room? He was, he was hungry, 40 days. We get hungry in about four hours. I mean, think about it. You had this big Christmas meal and about you know, five o'clock, you're just needing some pie. Get that blood sugar back up because that turkey drove it all down, all that protein. He's hungry. Is it wrong to be hungry? No, it's not wrong to be hungry. This is what the enemy does. He comes along and says, you're, you're hungry. You, you got this natural need. You should have this natural need filled. That's, and, what, and Jesus gives an answer. We're gonna get to that in just a second. Here, here's the second thing that, that he comes to him. Second thing, he comes to him and he says, listen, if you'll worship me, I'll give you everything. You'll have an identity. The father gave Jesus an identity. What was the identity? What was his identity? Beloved son. It doesn't get better than that. Beloved son or beloved daughter. I, we're gonna go a little Pentecostal. I want you to say it. I'm a beloved son. If you're, if you're a girl, say daughter. All right, I'm a beloved son. I'm a beloved daughter. Go ahead and say it to yourself. You, you, have, to, you have to remember that. Kids in the room, you can say, I'm a beloved kid. You, that's the identity that you have. The enemy comes and he questions that identity. He basically, he's basically saying to him, listen, you, 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 if you want identity, you gotta worship me. That's the way the world is today. That's the way social media is today. You want identity, you gotta, you gotta bow to the altar of our current, of our current status in our, in our culture. You, you need a business card. I've got a couple business cards, by the way. Here's the first one. This is our Spanish service. It starts, um, it starts here on the 16th. I, the, the, about the only thing I can understand on here is the numbers. All right. It starts, 
Domingo, is that January? Sunday. We have these cards, all right. And, and they're out there and we'd love for you to take these and when you run into people, you can give it to them and you can invite them to come. We also have these cards. This is just like my business card. I have business cards um, and they're, they're just this big and they have QR codes and it takes you to the website and everything and these have my name on them but these just say join us and we have some of those about there and if you wanna just take some of these and when you run into people, you can just give it to them and you can invite them to church. Because you, you, you know that you're as important here as I am. You do know that. You do know that? See, we're a kingdom of priests. We, our job is to thin the veil. Yeah, that's, that's our job, is to thin that veil between heaven and earth. And that's, that's the prayer we pray, on earth as it is in heaven. That's, what, that's, that's, what his, that's why his church is here. That, that's why that he doesn't have all of us there now, and, and that's why we're here now. We're, we're to thin that veil. We're to live in this kingdom as priests. We're, we're to step into people's lives. And so when you get cut off in 285, you were, God had you there in that moment for a reason. And it wasn't just to get cut off. It was that you don't have to return the same wrath that somebody else would do. You, you're, you're, when, when, when you get wronged, when you get wronged, and I'm not saying that you don't seek justice, you do. But when you get wronged, you don't act like the world does. Listen, I, I watched Jim Person die. I've watched a lot of people die. It's one of the things that stinks about this job. That man died like somebody that knew Jesus. When, when you go through challenges in life and people see it and you walk with Jesus, the world sees that. Here's the last thing. The devil comes to him and he takes him up to the pinnacle of the temple and he gets up there on the pinnacle of the temple. Now, here's the funny thing about being here. It looks a lot farther from here there than it does from there here, doesn't it? You ever been on a ladder? It looks a lot farther down than it does when you're down here, you're like, that's not very far up there. But when you're up here, it, this looks painful. Daniel, come, no, I'm just joking, all right. He comes to him, he says, he says listen, just, just, just jump. The angels will catch you. What's the question? What's the question? What question is he saying to him? Does God care for you? Do, does, do, do you matter enough? Am I making anybody nervous being up here? Okay, because it just, all right, just Tom, all right, all right. Just, does he care for you? Do you and by the way, let me just, there's some steps to get up here for most of us, isn't there? when we wind up being in this place at the pinnacle, when we're ready to fall off. We, we've gotten here kind of on our own. But in this one, the devil took him to this place. Do, does God care about you in this place? Do, do you, does he know, does he know that, does, do, listen, this is an easy place to say God cares about you. 
This is different. It's real different, isn't it? When you've been here, when you've been at the pinnacle, when you've been in that place where there's, if, the, if there's one more step, it's a doozy. One more step, and it's not gonna be an easy fall. There isn't any, there's no steps on the other side of this thing. There were steps getting here. There's no steps over there. And, and if we fall, it's gonna be bad. And will God catch you? These are the, this is what the enemy does. Genesis three, and just for time, I'm not gonna get into this. You can look at this. Here's, he comes, he comes. It says the serpent was more deceptive than any of the other creatures. And he comes, and what's the first thing he says? Hey, did, did, did God really say? The quest, first question, does God want the best for me? And then he says to, him, says to Eve and Adam, no, listen, this is, what, this is the deal. This is why God doesn't want you to have this, because you'll be like him. The lie here is that control is more important than love. Do not give your life to someone who does not love you. 1 Corinthians 13. I say this especially to the teenagers in the room. You have somebody in your life trying to, trying to put controls around your life, trying to push you into a direction, trying to cause you to make a decision. Stop and ask yourself this question. Is this per, can I put 1 Corinthians 13 onto this person? Does this person love me? Are they patient, kind? Do they want the best for me here? Or is this about them? Love does not mean my emotional needs getting met. Love means I have put you above me. Very different things. Love doesn't mean I have a funny feeling when you walk into the room. That's indigestion. <laughs> love means I will put you above me. Now, now, love can cause indigestion, but it means I'll put you above me. And here's the last one he's, the last thing he basically says in Genesis 3, you know, if you're really valued, you won't have any pain. But we do. So how does Jesus answer him? Three ways. The first thing he answers him, these are all from Deuteronomy 6 to 8. God will provide what's longed for in my life his way. God will come and care for me. God will come in those moments in ways that beyond which you even can understand. Sometimes it takes time. That you are beloved, our need for identity. That's where don't give your life to somebody that doesn't love you. Your identity comes out of his love for you. And the last one, you're not forgotten. He hasn't forgotten you. Do not test God, but trust God. Those are different things. Don't test God, trust God. Very different things. Matthew 4, 11 the devil left him and the angels came and they ministered to him. And Jesus, it says in Luke 4, 14, Jesus returned in the power of the spirit to Galilee and a report about him went out through all the surrounding country and he taught in the synagogues being glorified by all. Don't forget in the night what God told you in the light. When you're going through a rough time, when you're going through a moment that you don't understand, Last um, Wednesday night, Wednesday night, two week, week and a half ago, I um, I had a wedding and I came home from that wedding and just, just 
we were we watched watched the show and it's about eleven o'clock and we hadn't had an evening like that where we didn't have something going on for a while and worship team you guys can make your way up and I and I just said to Anita I said I feel like Jim's going home right now and George his son-in-law texted me like three minutes later said will you come over and I went over and we um. We'd had a lot of questions about why, first of all, I mean, here's this great man of God and he battled ALS, it's a brutal disease. And then, uh, as it appeared early on that there was some healing and, and we celebrated and then it, it went bad and just questions. And we prayed and we prayed and we prayed and it, then we prayed he'd go home, it was time. It was clear he wasn't gonna be healed this side. It was time to go home and, and he wasn't healed and he didn't go home. And I had been praying that and Wednesday a week ago, went over and I started reading Psalms over him and um, I, just, I just felt compelled to start reading from Revelation and I opened my Bible up and I started reading I read six full chapters of Revelation over Jim. And you know, it talks about that there's a battle and there's challenges and there's struggles and, and then it talks about heaven and what it's like, how beautiful it is and who's there. And there's no need for a light. You know, God makes light. That, that's, that's when he's organizing the heavens and the earth, he makes light. It, it, it's, it's early on in the story. First thing in the story. But there's no need for light in heaven because he's there. You don't, you don't need anything. You don't need an external source. And I was reading all this to Jim and, and I finished. And I literally said, amen. And I patted him on the shoulder and he breathed out his last breath and went home. You couldn't have scripted that. And it was like all the questions that I'd had in that whole time just kind of went away. Listen, church, we're not home yet. You hear that? We're not home yet. We're here in this place, in this time. And I look across this room this morning with, with, with challenges and struggles and questions and, and all those things that are there. He has called us to be his people in this time, in this place for these children that are all around us. He's called us to be this city on a hill in, in a season in which the world seems to be going absolutely crazy. We're asking questions that don't even make sense. The questions don't make sense, much less the answers. And he's called us to be light in the midst of that, to not put a basket over that light. And know this, know this. Remember, 2 Corinthians 5, 21, God made him who knew no sin to become sin so that we might become his righteousness, his, his rightness. We have been given the provision and the, and the blessing that Jesus was given. So when we read, when he says, you are my beloved son with with you, I am well pleased. 
because of what Jesus does on the cross, that transfers to us. Do you get that? Because sometimes I don't, if I'm honest. Sometimes I don't get that. I don't grasp that. I don't understand that's the place where I'm at. That's why if I come up to you and I say, how are you doing? And you say, better than I deserve, you're gonna get a lecture from me. Because how can it be better than you deserve? Because what are you? You are the beloved child of God. And I think that's about 99% of our problem is we don't grasp that. We don't understand that. We don't walk in that. And that doesn't mean that we don't go through challenges and it doesn't mean that there aren't moments that we're on the ladder and the next step could be death. But he is with us. He sees it. He knows it. He's with us in the midst of that. So if you're facing trials and temptations, tests, any of those things, and maybe you don't even know which it is, and sometimes we don't, God is with us. And there will be a day when we say amen, and we open our eyes, and we see that, and it'll all make sense. And sometimes it doesn't here, but he is with us still. Do you guys pray with me? Lord, first of all, I thank you for our children who were great this morning when I preached a sermon that wasn't a kid's sermon. And I thank you for these children that you have blessed us with. What an amazing blessing that you've given us these amazing kids. Lord, I, I pray for the people in our body that are going through rough times I pray for those that are making decisions about life and jobs and, and where to live. I pray for the, we pray for the health of our community. We pray for those that are watching online that are sick right now. We pray healing over that. Lord, but this year, I pray for us as a church and in this community. Lord, first of all, we lift the Spanish service to you in the name of Jesus. Can I get an Amen. Out there, Lord, we lift this to you and what you're gonna do in this. You are bringing people from all over the world here. Lord, I pray for, for that, those tables of clothes in the student room that are gonna go down to the Afghan families. Lord, we pray for our brothers and sisters in Cambodia. We pray for all of that that you're doing all around the world. Lord, I pray for our schools. I pray for Grayson and Archer and, and Loganville Christian and Providence and and, and, and all of the schools, the, the Kula and, and all of our middle schools and our elementary schools, Lord, we lift that to you. But Lord, I bring this back and I pray that you would be with us in our homes this year. God, be with us in our homes this year. Lord, let us be faithful to, to read your word and be faithful to pray, to, as it says in Ephesians, to turn the televisions off and turn the music on. Let our, let our homes be filled with songs, spiritual songs and hymns. Lord, I pray that as this morning as we would, would stop and we would remember you and this year, Lord, I pray that you would help us to be a people that do not forget our identity, that our behavior would come out of our identity. And that identity is clearly a child of God. And if we've not grasped that before this morning, Lord, I pray that you would teach us that today. Amen. Thanks for listening. 
I'm Myrna Brown.